0: Welcome to the OCR Underground Show. Each week, you get the latest research, training secrets of top coaches, and everything you need to crush your next obstacle course race and finish burpee free. Here's your host, SGX coach, Mike Diebler.
1: All right, what's up, everybody? This is episode 85 of the OCR Underground Show. As always, thank you so much for joining me. I am Mike Diebler. And if you want to check out the show notes for this episode, make sure you head on over to OCRUnderground.com/episode-85. And while you're there, make sure you browse through the website, uh, the different blog posts and videos and, and programs I have that'll uh, definitely help you with your OCR training needs. Well, since the recording of this episode, it's a little over a week out from the uh, Spartan race up in Tahoe, and uh, this was my first experience getting up to Tahoe just haven't been able to make it happen in the past so after all these years I was really excited to get up there Um, as many of you listening probably were there um, or had heard they removed the water obstacles which was a big surprise for whatever reason that was Um, you know personally I was uh, totally okay with not having to do a a swim Um, that was fine with me uh, was bummed some of the other water obstacles I've I've done I've gotten to do the ape hanger once and that's a fun obstacle so it would have been fun to, to be able to do that uh, while there but oh well you know that's it is what it is and uh, it was a great event I mean Tahoe this time of year um, just like if you look at race in the past you just never know what you're going to get I think a lot of us were planning for well planning for that swim and pretty cold weather And um, as we're monitoring the weather, it just looked like it wasn't going to be too bad. And it ended up being, I mean, honestly, just a gorgeous day up in Tahoe. It ended up getting pretty hot. I know it made it a little bit harder to plan, right? We're planning for cold weather, water, you know, all the the traditional things you would see in Tahoe. And as that didn't happen, it was kind of like a last minute scramble to figure out what to wear. Um, So I know I I had to do uh, multiple changes to figure out the right, the right outfit and I think I still was a little overdressed for it um, but wasn't too bad out there. Um, I, I think the course is though what it is. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. I mean it's a it's a very challenging course um, but you kind of know what you're getting into right? It's it's uh, a few miles up uphill non-stop pretty much right from the beginning. A bunch of obstacles at the top come on down and basically do it all over again. So two pretty pretty intense and very long hill climbs for, for the beast. Um, anytime I'm out there, you know, running a beast and seeing those, those ultra competitors out there, um, you know, it's, uh, having been there, I know what it feels like and, and to have to, to do that course again after the, the beast, uh, it's a challenge. So uh, congrats to all of the finishers for both the beast and the the ultra beast. Um, but, um, overall I thought, you know, fun race, uh, it, it is, uh, you know, nothing, nothing uh, really surprising what was out there, um, but you know some tough uphills if you're if you're one of those mountain runners, you know this is your course for sure. if you can if you can just plow up those hills and, and keep that pace going, uh, you'll you'll definitely exceed at a, at a course like this. And then nice long downhills. Some of them were definitely very runnable and um, I know that's where I try and make up my time because I'm not the strongest uphill runner. But I tend to be able to really push it downhill. Some of it was pretty rocky, though. So if you didn't step right, you know, you'd be in trouble. But uh, it was a a good good course overall. Um, I did mention, if if you follow any of my, my posts online, I had a pretty significant injury in this one that uh, you know, obviously, I was a little bummed about. Right at the very end, um, working on Olympus, which that that Olympus is just a tough obstacle. I've um, I haven't failed it in, Actually, I don't know if I've ever failed that one, uh, to be honest, and I was about halfway through and one hand slipped off and I had a good strong grip with the other hand. I was able to hold on, um, but as I reached back up with my left hand to get back on uh, before falling, I felt a pretty significant um, tear in my pec muscle and had to let go and drop immediately. And and that was kind of it. I gave the uh, the last two obstacles uh a little bit of a try but not wanting to really injure myself anymore I had to bypass them and um luckily that was right at the finish line so um wasn't like I was stuck on top of the mountain and, and had to get get carted off or anything like that uh but it, you know it's a bummer it's a bummer anytime an injury comes up and um you know when I look back at all the years that I've been doing this um really haven't had any significant injuries you know little things here and there but this is the first time dealing with something that'll you know it's gonna put me out for a while definitely not going to be able to race and I'm um, still not really able to do too much yet in terms of, of getting back to it just trying to be smart about it let it recover uh, so I can rehab and and you know eventually get back out there um, but I you know I don't want that to you know ruin my experience up at Tahoe I still you know Love being up there. I love the opportunity to race there, and um, and it was it was great, you know. Otherwise, you know, if it wasn't for that, um, you know, that was the first obstacle I have failed all year, and um, so I'm definitely proud of that. It just, you know, freak thing happened, and 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 that's it. But it still was a was a fun race. I got to see a lot of people out there, um, which is always great um, to to run into people, especially with the past year. Not getting out to quite as many races, so it's always awesome to see everybody out there. So if you've never done Tahoe, I um, I, I just think it's such a beautiful course. It's it's a really cool atmosphere to be in, and I uh, would definitely love to do it again. And I'm sure I'll be be back up there at at some point. Um, you know, getting a little bit of vengeance and and coming back and and having a strong strong finish for it. Um, but that's, that's my story for the race. Um, now time to to uh, um, focus on, on moving ahead. And kind of the plan for me, this was going to be my big race of the year. I was thinking about maybe doing a few races after this, but probably won't now. I might do uh, December with some clients just for fun. Um, but other than that, the, the whole plan was to really start my off season now. Um, and I'm not really going to change that. Obviously, there's more rehab that I'm going to be doing that I was planning that I was planning on, but it's time to just take care of my body. You know, I've been training pretty hard for Tahoe and definitely have some some other things that I just want to make sure I keep in check. And I'm going to work on where I need strength and and uh, where I need improvements. And that's going to be the next couple months for me. Honestly, is to to focus on uh, what I need to do in the off season. And I've I've talked a lot about off season training. I know it's kind of weird with with this sport because there's races all the time and it's all year, but I still think you need to have that that time of year you dedicate to your off season. For each person, it's gonna be a little different, right? It just depends on when your big race is and then when you can take a step back and and focus on things. That doesn't mean you can't race, it just means your training is going to change, your priorities are gonna change, Um, but um, obviously you you can have races all year round It's the the whole idea of an off-season versus an in-season, or kind of your A versus your B races. It's really your training. What's your training look like? So um, if you haven't thought about that before, or not not quite sure where to get started, uh, a while ago, a couple years ago actually, uh, myself and um, uh, dietitian Anne LaRue put together a webinar on kind of what we focus on for off-season training. She focusing, you know, on the nutrition side of it, me focusing on the training side of it. Um, But if you head on over to the show notes, uh, I'll put a link in there um, on where you can find the recording of that webinar and just kind of get some ideas on you know how you can tweak your training a little bit so it's not like you're pushing yourself all year you really understand what it means to to be focused in on a particular area and work on different strengths and weaknesses and and uh when what e- when it's appropriate for for specific types of training so um so that's up on the website so just just head on over to uh the show notes at ocrunderground.com/episode-85 and uh, you can see the link for there. But before we get into today's episode, I want to thank our sponsors for making this show possible, and want to let you know about my uh, newest favorite piece of training equipment, which is the uh, Anchor Training Systems. Um, it's essentially a portable functional trainer or cable system, um, almost like a Kaiser machine. They're really, really cool portable equipments that you can you can have in your gym, your home gym. Um, it's probably the easiest thing to do is if you head on over to AnchorTraining.com and you can see exactly how this works but each system will load up to uh, 65 pounds of resistance and uh, on top of being incredibly portable which is super cool they don't take up much space significantly uh, less expensive than kind of a traditional cable machine which you know most people aren't going to be buying for their home Um, because of its spring-loaded system these we can really implement power training. So if you do that on a cable machine and really pull those handles hard, they tend to slam down and jerk and and they don't work as well for power type movements. They're really designed more for strength type stuff. But um, sometimes we really wanna move quickly and you know, punching and pulling and rotating, jumping even, all these really cool things you can do with the Anchor Trainer. Um, So head on over to anchortraining.com Uh, and see what these are all about, but I I promise you, you you will love these things, they're uh, super cool, and you can get 10% off when you use code OCR underground, again, head on over to anchortraining.com, and I also want to let you know about Venga CBD, which has been an integral part of my recovery, dealing with the injury I've had, my my routine right now is kind of starting the day with the, uh, CBD gels, uh, and the, uh, recovery balm right where I I tore my, my pec and throughout the shoulder, um, all the places I'm having issues and kind of in the evening again, reapplying that balm. And, um, you know, I'm a little over a week out. I pretty much have full range of motion again. And, um, um, I'm just progressing every day I wake up, it feels better and better. So I know that's been an important part of my training. Um, but they also have some other great products, uh, the CBD products that are specifically engineered with the endurance athlete in mind. Uh, make sure you head on over to vengacbd.com slash OCR underground. And you can check out all of their products that they have and use code OCR Underground 25 uh, when you're placing your first order and you're going to save 25% and you can actually get 50% off with code OCRunderground50, um, your first first month's subscription if you sign up for one of their sur- subscription programs. So again, head on over to vengascbd.com OCRunderground. Check out all their awesome products there. In the Inside Mike's Mind segment, I want to kick off this show by, you know, talking a little bit about adversity, which this is a, a tough topic, you know, dealing with something like an injury, you know, letting you guys know what I'm going through right now. It's it's a challenge. Um, and I've, you know, worked with tons of clients and stuff happens. And I, you know, sometimes there's just nothing you can do. Life gets in the way, um, throws Throws huge surprises at you. And it's just something that you know at some point we're all gonna face and all gonna have to deal with. And obviously, just like training, there's there is no right way or one best way. It's finding, you know, what works best for you to deal with these things. So I figured why not kind of share some of my experience, things I'm dealing with and struggling with to hopefully help you guys out if you know it might be an injury you're dealing with or. You know just something not going the way it's planned um, you know obviously this can be such a, a difficult thing so um, I, I think injuries is one of the big ones that comes up when you just you know something happens you get hurt and you can't do all the stuff that you want to do um, I do you know I take pride and in, in really working at injury uh, I, I don't want to say prevention right because you can't you can't prevent these things from happening all we're doing is really risk management we want to make sure we're stacking the deck in our favor um, with our training or with anything to make sure that the chances of something happening are, you know, smaller, right? So we've all heard stories of that person that, you know, smoked cigarettes their entire life, never had lung cancer, right? And and no no major health issues like that happens, um, and and then sometimes it doesn't, and a lot of times it doesn't, right? So we're not saying hey if you for example, again, if you smoke cigarettes, you're not guaranteed to get lung cancer. Uh, there's a really good chance something like that's going to happen, but it's it's not 100%. It's not a guarantee. You know, same thing in the other way. You know, we do things to try and reduce risk, to try and minimize things from going wrong. Um, but sometimes they happen, right? So I, I, I still think I did everything right in my training plan. Uh, there was, you know, going back, I can't say that, you know what, I should have done more of this or less of that. I think I had a great plan. The race was going really well up until that point. I slipped, you know, it's just something that happened and, and you get hurt, right? You know, sometimes you you step funny and you twist your ankle, Um, you drop something on your foot, you know, whatever it might be. And and now we have to deal with it. So I think it's important to remember, like, this is temporary. It's It's not something... That is going to last forever, and even though it might feel like it, so I know deep down um, it's going to be a while before, not only before I'm fully recovered, but then you have that mental side of it, right? Where can I can I do this again, right? Even though there's no more pain, I don't want to hurt myself again, right? Like, am I going to just jump right back up and and have no problem with with hanging and and really pushing my body? Uh, so that's going to be you know something that I'm I'm going to be dealing with, but. I want to keep in mind that, you know, it's right now it's going to be rough because I have to take a step back. I have to slow down. Uh, I think in my case, luckily, the plan was to slow down after this race and really kind of reevaluate and build, build that foundation back up again. So mentally, I was already there. Um, I just didn't want to have to deal with, with rehabbing and not jumping right in. Like I'm, I'm ready. I want to work on some things. And, um, you know, I can't do it. I My first workout was yesterday, just kind of really mainly just lower body, kind of testing some things out. Because even just holding, you know, weight is a little bit of a struggle right now. So it's lots of body weight and stretching and, um, you know, all things that are good, just not exactly what I had planned. So I try and keep in mind that this is just, it's just something I'm dealing with right now. Every day it's going to get a little bit better. Um, there may be setbacks along the way, but I'm always going to be moving in that direction. And I just want to constantly remind myself that it's it's going to get better. It, um, even when, you know, sometimes it doesn't feel like it, um, just be consistent. And I think kind of the next thing is having a plan. Um, I have a very specific plan that I want to follow now. Um, my routine that I'm doing and everything to help the recovery process. You know, sometimes it's just time. You just have to wait. And, and do whatever you can, but I, ha- I have a plan, right? I had a plan and that plan won't work anymore, right? So that's that's it is what it is. So now I reevaluate, I have a new plan and I'm gonna stick with that plan until either it doesn't work anymore or I'm ready to progress or um, whatever it might be. So those are some big things I want you to keep in mind is it's this is a temporary problem that we're gonna push through and you're gonna have a plan, right? So take take some time right? And, and go from there. Um, the the other thing, and I think one of the biggest things is it, it gets really easy to get caught up on what you can't do right now, right? So again, if it's the injury is just an easy example, I can list all the things I cannot do right now, that there's just no way I can do it. Um, and, you know, that, that gets frustrating, right? To think I can't do this, I can't do that. I wanted to do this, but it's not going to happen. Uh, whatever you know, all all those things are, they're just not helping those thoughts that there's, there's the fact that you can't do some stuff, you kind of deal with it, kind of take that, that stoic approach, right? It's, you have control over your reaction, but you don't have control over that specific thing, right? So I can't control that. I can't do those things. All I can control is me dealing with that, that fact. So taking that approach of um, letting go a little bit, but not focusing on the negative so much and focusing on the positive. So what if I start to think about, well, what can I do right now? And there's a lot I can do, right? And I can, I can list that out. And that's really how I created my plan moving forward. What are all the things I can do? What's everything that'll support me right now and recovering? Um, You know, I can still get strong. I can still work on a few things. And um, that's what I'm going to focus on. I'm going to focus on where I need to get better with what I have available. So I want you to kind of take that that same approach if, if you're in, ever in a similar situation where, you know, try not to get caught in that trap of, um, I can't do these things. Then we get depressed and kind of just don't want to do anything. Instead, what can I do? And then I'm going to go, you know, go all in on that, right? So I can do these things and I'm going to get really good at them. And that's that's kind of the plan right now. So you think the same way. Yes, sometimes you have to get creative. And it's not exactly what you wanted to do, but there's still something you can do, right? So let's let's focus on that. And how can we make that the best the best uh, situation possible? So I think when you you kind of focus on all those things, you know, it's it's really just trying to make the best of that that situation, and accepting what's possible and what's not possible, and just know that there's always a future date to make up, right? So. Um, you know, maybe I had a race this, this month coming up that I really wanted to do. I know I can't do it. It's, there's going to be another race. There's going to be another opportunity. You know, I put in work and I I still got a lot out of that work. Um, it's just not the way I thought it was going to go, but it wasn't a waste. It was all, um, making me better, making me stronger. And that's the most important thing all right, the race was just the uh, uh, this thing I was working towards that would kind of show all the hard work that I've done. I'm just going to find another way to, to show it to um, allow myself to get stronger. And then the last thing that I, I think is worth bringing up is, you know, just having somebody in your corner, you know, somebody to vent with, to talk this out with is always going to be helpful. You know, me just talking to, to myself right now, but you guys listening is helpful for me to just remind myself of all the things that I'm working on. And, and you know, the fact that I hope this helps somebody out there is um, beneficial as well, just that, hey, somebody else is going through something similar, maybe I can just help in any way possible. And and that that just makes me feel better about this whole situation, right? There's always something we can learn. And I'm going to come back. And if there's anything I can change, I will. And I'm just going to come back stronger and, and better and, and ready to go. But I think having somebody in your corner to Either help you along the way, like I do have somebody that's going to walk me through everything I need to do to to get better, and and make sure I'm I'm staying in check and not doing too much, but not doing too little, and um, you know walking me through it. So just having somebody there to to help you is obviously going to be a, a faster way to get through all this than trying to do it on your own. So hopefully my ramblings um, made sense to you, and even if you're not dealing with something right now, there's something might come up in the future and, and having a plan helps you. I, I hope this was, was helpful for you. All right, well, let's switch gear a little bit and, and get into the training, because I know that's what most of you are, are ready to do, learn things that can help you train better and more efficiently. So in our research review this week, I'm gonna talk about squatting. And I'm sure you're squatting right now and I'm sure you're aware that there are about 3.8 billion types of squat variations out there and I'm sure you're doing a whole bunch of them. Um, and a lot of them are, are great for a lot of reasons, but they aren't all equal. And that's what I wanted to talk shortly about today was uh, a recent research article I found in the Journal of Strength and Conditioning in uh, the October of this year issue that was looking at the goblet squat versus the landmine squat. Now, uh, I'll put videos in the show notes just in case you're not familiar with either of these. You can see what a goblet squat looks like in a landmine squat, and I'll do the best to describe them uh, to at least give you a mental picture of what we're talking about. So goblet squat, so this is our front-loaded squat where you're going to be holding either a kettlebell or a dumbbell in front of you and then performing your your squat, holding that single weight about chest height, squatting down and back up. So a lot of reasons why we might do this type of squat, we're front loaded, Um, it loads the body differently, it challenges the core differently, it allows for a more upright posture, so a lot less stress going through the spine, which is helpful for a lot of people. Um, And it's a great teaching tool for squatting as well because it helps you sit back into that squat a little bit more. The landmine squats using a barbell with a landmine attachment, essentially where you are holding one end of the barbell and the other is in the landmine or some people use like a corner. Um, So you're holding just the one end of the barbell and then you're squatting that way. So again, a lot of benefits. It is still front loaded, helps us sit back into that squat. So this study wanted to look at a few things. It looked at men and women and want to kind of compare the differences between these two squats, how it changed mechanics, the force loading on the body, uh, what muscles were more active or less active on these different squats. So uh, the findings on in terms of um, muscle activation uh, were similar to other studies, but what they found was the landmine squat. So If you've ever done a landmine squat, you'll notice that it kind of pushes you back. Um, in more of this uh, horizontal loaded pattern. So that was one of the biggest findings was one, the goblet squat was more of a vertically challenged squat where the landmine increased the horizontal loaded um, because of you know, the arc nature of the, the landmine where it kind of it's loading a little bit differently at the bottom and the top and it pushes you back. So you almost have to lean forward at the top a little bit. So it has this more horizontal force resistance Goblet squat's gonna kind of put the loading straight down through your body, through your center of gravity. So it's more of that vertical or up and down. So um, that nature there changed the mechanics of the squat, which changed the uh, different muscle fibers and our muscle groups that were more or less active during the squat. Um, and, and really I think what the biggest difference they found that's worth going over was the goblet squat uh, had a significantly higher quad activation versus the landmine squat. The landmine that we would see uh, significantly more hamstring activation during the squat. Now I say that keep in mind both the quads and the hamstrings all the muscles are active for both of these It's just saying well, which one was increasing or decreasing the activation there. So um, when we look at it that way we see the goblet squat increase that quad activation more significantly than Um, the landmine. Landmine increased more hamstring activation just by changing the angle of the squat there. Uh, They also found, again consistent with many other studies, a difference between men and women. Um, Women in both variations, they saw the same pattern where the goblet was more quad, uh, they saw an increase in landmine, but when they compared them to the men, the interesting finding is women had much more quad activation in both situation. So for both of the squats, women tend to use quadriceps more. This is a common finding you'll see with uh, many other research studies out there looking at the squatting mechanics um, between men and women. We will often see much higher quadricep activation than hamstring compared to what we typically see in men. Now, um, I'm not going to get into the specific reasons, but I I do want to bring up why this is important because we see... um, one of the reasons why women tend to suffer more from uh, knee injuries, specifically like an ACL injury, we see this almost over over activation or or over dominance of the quadriceps versus the hamstrings. So we have the quads doing a lot of work. When the quads are active, it's increasing that anterior force, right? It's pulling the lower leg forward, like when you do a leg extension. So you're, you're increasing that force being placed on the knee. And then the hamstrings balance it out, right? The hamstrings will pull, like a leg curl, will pull the lower leg back. So what we want to see is relative balance there, right? You're not going to have the same exact strength levels between your quads and your hamstrings, but they need to be able to balance each other out. And we tend to see a lot more muscle activation in the quadriceps uh, versus the hamstrings when you compare men or women versus men. So yes, there are other reasons that may increase risk for, for injuries based on men versus women, but I just think this is a... Uh, an important thing that we can influence, right? So obviously there'll be women have different hip structures and and things like that some things we we won't have any control over, but this is something we do. So if this is something that you're concerned with, maybe you've suffered from knee injuries in the past or um, you know, it's something that commonly happens to you, uh, especially if you're female, but males need to pay attention to this as well, is making sure we have that balance a lot of people will crush their quads right they do their squats and their lunges and hill climbs and sled pushes and and they're doing a lot of things that are quad dominant but not as much and then they do like a set of hamstring curls right so they're not getting that balance it's kind of like if you were to do like bench press every single day and then once a week you do a, a pulling exercise right a row or something like that so it's it's creating this imbalance, right? So if we're doing a lot of chest exercises and we sit all day, we start getting that slouching posture and develop those muscle imbalances, which is very hard on the joints, specifically the spine and the shoulders. So we see the same thing if we're, we're doing a lot of quad dominated exercises and not as many hip or um, hamstring dominated exercises, we, we develop that imbalance and it puts a lot of stress on the joint here, specifically the knee. So I think this is a good takeaway, is make sure you are balancing out your program. Um, Maybe try different types of squats because they uh, recruit different muscles. They place different uh, forces on the knees uh, and the back and and the hips and and whatever joint you may be struggling with. But um, get variety in there. If you tend to do the same type of squatting movement, you you always do a goblet squat or you always do a barbell squat or whatever it might be, Uh, change the loading, change the position. There's so many different variations out there. I think it's good to, to mix them up. you're still doing the squatting pattern, you're just changing how you load it, which is gonna change the muscle recruitment um, uh, to complete that exercise. So um, anything you can do to increase hamstring ac- activation is typically a good thing. So if you, if you haven't done a landline squat, I think it might be worth mixing it in there and, and adding it to the routine to see if that does uh, maybe give you some relief or just again, just alter it up and, and create some balance there. Uh, and women especially. I think this is something to to pay attention to. Another thing that you may want to throw in there, again, um, just statistically speaking, uh, women pay more attention to, but again, this isn't going to hurt men either. Uh, If they tend to do more quad stuff, they want to balance it out as well, but um, try doing some hamstring-specific exercises maybe before a squat, right, and that way we we get that that work in before the quads just take over and dominate the movement. So maybe doing um, you know deadlifts before squats or hamstring curl before squats, uh, or before any quad related exercise, uh, that might be a good option to create balance there. So I thought that was an interesting study. Just a nice reminder of hey, there's there's lots of variations uh, to every exercise out there, but it's. Uh, Try not to get caught into, hey, this look, this looks like a cool exercise, I want to do it. Think about, well, why would I want to do this exercise, right? Is it going to be good for my situation? Is it, um, you know, and what specifically is this working versus any other variation that's out there? And, um, you know, just uh, create that variety there for, for good reason versus just variety for variety's sake. All right. Well, it is time for this episode's interview. And today I have on SGX coach Adam Holt. And uh, normally I read through our um, our guest's bio, but honestly, I think I wouldn't be doing it a good service to, to just read this. And honestly, that's a lot of what I, what I wanted to have you on here and talk today, coach, is, is to kind of go over your story and where this this led you. So uh, uh, so first of all, thanks for, for joining me. I'm, I'm excited to have you on here. And uh, it's going to be fun. fun. Yeah. So uh, you're on the road right now. So uh, let our listeners know what you're doing um, and how I interrupted you from your your vacation right now.
0: I am. So uh, we try every July. We, we're based out of Texas and it is like the seventh circle of hell in July. <laughs> and so we pause all that we do in July and my family sort of takes a, a road trip and we are taking an epic road trip around the western states. Um, about four weeks we'll be on the road together just sort of getting to know each other, um, visiting some other gyms that are doing what we're doing, and uh, doing the Spartan Ultra in Utah. So it's a, it's a pretty packed month.
1: Awesome, awesome. It's going to be fun. Nice, nice way to, to get a, a Spartan race in there too with, with the family trip. We, we try to do that whenever possible as well.
0: It um, is. Yeah. It's a good excuse to, to get away and do something you love. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, well, I appreciate it. I know we were supposed to, to chat last week and I had some scheduling issues, so I'm, I'm glad this worked out and um, always I can make it all work. Yeah. So, um, so like I said, I, I, um, I didn't want to read your bio because there's just so much in here and I know you're going to do a way better job telling your story than I will. And that's honestly why I wanted to have you on was to let our listeners know about your story what, what you've, you've gone through and kind of what has grown from all of this. And, and I just think it's so cool to, to share this and let other people know about what you're doing. So let's, let's kind of, I guess, start at the beginning and kind of how, you know, how, how, uh, all this came about and, um, I, I don't even know the best place to
0: start. So I'm going to leave that to you to kind of, to <laughs> lead into it. Well, I don't either, but, um, you know, athletics, um, has always sort of fitness has always been a big part of my life. Um, even in college, I went to the Texas A&M. I was on the triathlon team there when I was in the army, I was doing 10 milers for the army and things like that. And so fitness has always been a part of my life. Um, and it, but it hasn't really defined who I am. It was just sort of expected of me. And so it's, 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 interesting to see how big of a part of my life um, it, it is now and, and sort of everything I do revolves around it. And uh, mm-hmm. I never would have thought of that because I like ice cream way too much. Um, but here. so my story, sort of, my story starts, um, I grew up in San Antonio. Um, you know, I had a great childhood. I mean, it, you know, my parents were strict and they worked a lot, but looking back, I really see that my parents did love me. They just didn't sort of love me the way I needed to, um, but they were amazing parents. And to this day, like I, I can't thank them enough for all the things that they do. But um, somewhere in there, I had a little uh, discomfort, I guess, in the human condition. And even early in high school, I started sort of drinking and doing things that took me outside of myself and the way I felt. Um, and that, that sort of was the overarching theme of my life for maybe 15 years. I was just sort of going through life, if there's such thing as a functional drug addict, Um, and I was showing up, I was doing okay, I was holding jobs, I was, you know, being an okay person, but on the inside, I was just, man, I was, I was dark, and I was hurting, and I was alone, and I noticed at an early age, like, one of the few things that sort of made me happy was running track in high school, or doing uh, triathlon stuff, and so, um, I sort of continued to gravitate towards that, but um, that was that was a really hard thing to juggle. So um, when I went to Texas A&M, I was still into sports. I, I, want, I wanted to open a gym as long as I can remember. So I majored in sport management. I was on the triathlon team. Um, and then I, I joined the military after college. Um, I was enlisted while I was in college, but then I went active duty when I, when I got out, and that was such a great opportunity. I was commissioned. I got to lead some amazing soldiers. I deployed for 12 months to Afghanistan. Um, and then when I got back, um, man, things really started to spiral out. You know, I had this sort of use, drug usage for so long. Um, and then that coupled with some things that happened overseas and just the discomfort of life and having to be back um, within three years of returning home from Afghanistan. Uh, I was homeless, estranged from my family, divorced, um, been to three rehabs, multiple inpatient psych facilities, and just in a really, really dark place. Um, yeah, that was a really dark place. Like it, it's, it's the darkness of a soul that is, is difficult to understand, but I think most people have sort of experienced a little bit of that. You know, you wake up and you just, you feel lonely. Um, And you don't really have anybody to confide into. And so real extreme version of that. Um, And so through that journey, after I started the process of recovery and addiction, I I got housed in this apartment. This uh, organization in in Austin got me housed and literally 20 feet outside of my front door um, on the other side of my parking spot was this dark, grungy gym called big techs gym. And the weights were from like 1960 and they were all iron. And I mean, the machines were just chains and it was, uh, it was, it was a pretty heavy place, but I I went there every, yeah. Every single time I wanted to use, I went there and I hit a tire, I flipped a tire and, and, um, somehow, um, managed to stay sober for a little bit. Um, and then I, I did my first Spartan race And that's when it sort of really clicked, um, seeing that, holy moly, I can do these things. Like I I come up to an eight foot wall, you know, and I can get over it. I, I have to lift this 150 pound sandbag on a hoist and I can actually do it. And so seeing that, that's how I sort of got into Spartan races, just seeing those obstacles and how you can overcome those um, and, and how it just so relates to life. You don't have to be good. You don't have to do it perfectly or be fast. You just, you do it, you know? And ever since then, it's just sort of been one thing after another leading to this journey where I now run a nonprofit that, um, does like trains people for free for Spartan races, gives them free Spartan races and creates a community, um, so that people can try and stay sober.
1: It's, that's so awesome. And I, and I want to talk uh, a lot more about that. So to make sure everybody listening knows that there is this program and, and potentially others like it, Um, it, this, you know, chatting with you is the first time I, I heard of it. So I'm, I'm super excited that uh, there are programs out this because it was just something I wasn't aware of. And um, I just think it's, you know, first thank you for sharing your, your story because I, I know it's, probably hard to go back to some of those places and, and recreate this. And, but, uh, at the same time, you know, this whole thing you've created is kind of showing people that, yeah, it, you can go from these pretty bad places and good can come from it. And, you know, who knows what you, what could have happened, but this is the path that you, you chose and, uh, uh you decided to go down. And it's amazing that, you know, thinking fitness, a lot of people think, or, you know, fitness is great for your for your body, right? It's it's a healthy thing, and it's um, all these good things come of it. But there's so much more, right? There's so much more to it, and how uh, just mentally it, it can, you know, you were able to, you know, change a, a habit basically, right? Where it's a lot of times when you know it could be an addiction or whatever it is, people think so hard on that thing, and how do I stop doing this? And it sounds like that you you found something else to fill that void. And I think a lot of people can take something from that.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, by now, I'm, everybody knows the mental, the emotional, the physical benefits of exercise and physical activity, you know, on mood, on depression, on everything. But, um, and it's just, I mean, it's amazing. Even a, philosophers have said that physical activity is the best medicine, you know, mm-hmm. um, but through my journey. So one of the cool things that I, I, I've gotten the chance to do is uh, shortly after I got sober, I got the chance to go to the University of Texas uh, and do some research there with some amazing researchers around the nation, just like neuro neuroscientists, uh, physical uh, therapists, just every a lot of great people, and we we did some some brain scans of people in early recovery, and so the biggest thing about Addiction or even depression is the fact that your brain isn't producing enough dopamine. And so we know that to be true. But one of the other things, once you're, once you sort of mitigate that through other ways, especially through alcohol or drug use, your brain then stops with drug use, your your brain is ex- receiving so much additional dopamine that it's not supposed to. With methamphetamine, it's up to 1200 times the natural limit of dopamine. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, just pleasure no one else should feel, which is why they're so addictive. Um, And so what your brain? It's really, really awesome. It actually shuts down those receivers. So even though there's all this dopamine in your brain, your brain can't receive the dopamine as a way to sort of protect your central nervous system, which is awesome. But then once you get sober, not only are you not producing enough dopamine, but we've recently found out that you're not receiving enough dopamine. So even if you go out and you have an awesome meal that's supposed to make you happy, or if you skydive, or if you, uh, I mean, just do something that's supposed to be a lot of fun, your brain isn't gonna receive it as fun because you only have about half of your dopamine receptors going uh, in the first 18 months of recovery. And so, man, a lot of people relapse, especially, you know they just fall into this deep depression because they can't feel pleasure. Um, And so one thing that was super cool that we found out was physical activity is one of the only things that we tested that could uh, increase the availability of those dopamine receptors in the first 18 months. So like what that means is not only does physical activity is good for you, but it also helps you get back to this normal state of mind. And there's, we haven't found anything else that can do that. It's really, really pretty amazing.
1: It's amazing, Cause I was, I was going to ask, like, did you guys find, so it's, it's something that is, uh, at least partially reversible where, yeah um, you know, you're, you're getting flooded with this dopamine and, you know, it, becoming, um, desensitized to it essentially. And we can, we can bring it back though. And physical activity is one of the,
0: maybe the only way that we know of that well, that can do it'll that. It'll happen over time, you know, yeah. uh, your brain will readapt to it, but physical activity is actually helps reanimate those cells, quicker. So we're seeing people coming back to full dopamine availability in six months rather than 18 months, which I mean, that's a year difference. If you're thinking about going through a whole year without feeling anything, that's pleasurable, man, what kind of life would that be? You know? Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. And and I mean, that makes sense because I know there is a lot of research on, you know, just depression in general, looking at Mm -hmm. exercise as a treatment versus um, medication. And obviously both, both can play a role, but they're finding how strong that, that exercise portion and potentially could be even more powerful than, than medication in some situations, which is pretty awesome.
0: I mean, it's, it's, it's like God gave us this cure all, you know, you get community, you get the mental benefits, the physical benefits. It's just, man, it's hard to do, but it's, it's, it's worth it, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I'm curious, did, uh, were there any, I don't know if you looked at this, but any specific type of activity, you know, more resistance training, aerobic, just moving. Um, Was that anything that you looked at just to see any differences
0: there? Yeah. So we found the greatest benefit was with moderate to light vigorous activity. So not walking is great. Yoga is great. Meditation is great, of course. And those have different psychological benefits. But what we found was, um, you know, running like a perceived exertion of four, five, or six, um, is where people found the most benefit, anything too hard. And it really, um, sort of put a drain on the central nervous system and anything too light. It, there just wasn't enough, uh, effort to, to flood the brain with the chemicals needed.
1: Yeah, And, and, you know, it just again, shows that all forms of exercise have those specific, uh, good things that they're good at. And knowing, you know, I know a lot of people have the mentality, you know, it's more is better, right? Just just got to go crush it every single workout. And sometimes <laughs> sometimes there's a place for that. But we have all these other benefits. Um, so that, that's just to interesting. interesting. A bit, yeah, mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, and, and I'm, you know, just something that kind of popped into my head that I've, I've, um, I've seen some uh, read, read a few things on that we can um, do too much kind of what we're talking about here. But if we can get a dopamine response from exercise in general, you know, just working out and you get that response. I know, uh, I've seen some people where we can even take that too far, right. Where they, you get addicted to exercise and I, you know, it might sound like that. Well, that's a good thing. Right. But I've seen it where that can be a bad thing too. And it's, it's this idea of, you know, I, I know people don't like cliches and everything in moderation, but, um, same idea there, where people they become so reliant on that, you know, getting that that uh, fix from their exercise that anything else doesn't seem to do it for them. So I don't know. It just I thought it was worth bringing up to to say. No, you know, that's really that's a, a great. A balance,
0: point. and so we we're really purposeful. So my organization is called Outsiders Anonymous. Um, up into hopefully this next month, we've been doing everything outdoors with us the outsiders anonymous. Um, And so we're hoping to move into a warehouse uh, here in the next couple months so that we'll be able to do some classes indoors. But one thing that we're real purposeful about is that we don't have classes every day. Um, We don't let people come to classes twice a day. Um, And generally we'll have a social event every week that Um, has ice cream or snow cones or something else one of our sponsors will provide. So, you know, it's not about competition. It's not about uh, who can have the PR. It's not about your time at a Spartan race. It's about the community um, and and the relationships that you create, not only with yourself, but with other people as well.
1: That's awesome. And uh, that's a great way to kind of moderate it, right? Where you kind of keep people in check a little bit because they can, you know, I think a lot of us and probably a lot of our listeners are guilty of at some point where they're just, they know they shouldn't be doing so much and they do it anyway. And, and kind of, you know, usually you pay for it in some form. Oh, I was like sh- that
0: for a long time. My wife would know. She's like, you, have you ran today? Have you worked out today? I'm like, no, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I think absolutely. I've gotten past that. Though. It's yeah, hard to yeah. moderate.
1: <laughs> sure. Absolutely. But that, I mean, it's great to have a program or a coach that basically tells you do this, don't do this. And and try and stick to the plan.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of coaches really, um, a lot of programs are uh, performance based, um, and we are we are definitely not that. I don't have a six pack. Nobody we work with is uh, going in the age group finals. We we really want um, our SGX training to um, complement life, you know, and be a oh. part of it, not be life. Absolutely. Awesome. So, uh,
1: I'd love to learn just, so how exactly does the, this program work?
0: Yeah. So we've, we've, we've sort of taken a different stance when we first started back in 2017, we were, we were with a gym, um, and that gym has since, uh, gone out of business. And so we've, we've kept going. Corona was really hard. And so basically what we it's, it sounds a lot fancier than it actually is. Let's. We have a nonprofit that provides free fitness training. Really, it's me at a park with some kettlebells and some jump ropes. <laughs> um, so we'll show up. We have uh, about four classes a week. Um, we have one SGX specific class that has up to two miles of running, and then we have two functional fitness classes, um, CrossFit without the affiliation, and then we have a um, a strength class where we actually use barbells and bumper plates at a park, um, really cool. I've never seen anything like it before. And so we just go out there, people show up when they want to. The only thing that we require is a 24 hour sobriety. If somebody wants to come out and they're not, um, if they don't have 24 hours sobriety, they can come hang out with us. It's a safe place to be. Um, you don't have to be in recovery to be a part of our uh, organization and to come work out with us. It's actually encouraged that people that aren't in recovery come work out with us. I mean, essentially it's a free workout for anybody who wants to support a sober active community. And so the big thing that we are trying to do is not only providing uh, this fitness training for people in recovery that don't know what they're doing, um, or don't have the knowledge or the equipment, but we also want to get them into a community outside of the 12-step room so people can be a part of people that aren't in recovery, and they can be a part of community with, with people that care about them. Um, so really, the fitness, of course, there's a biological component to it, but it's it's just sort of an excuse to get together and hang out. Oh,
1: well, that's awesome. And, and that makes total sense to have you know a mix of people there to help support each other. And I'm sure the support goes both ways, right? Having, you know, just such a wide range of people, all, everybody brings their baggage, right? Everybody has their issues and um, being able to, to share this common goal or just um, thing you enjoy and, and kind of work out together and, and all, all grow from it. So that's, that's amazing. So how, how do people find out about you, you know, in your area? Like, how are you guys marketing? Is it just, you're part of groups. What what is what does that entail?
0: Yeah, a little bit. So I I, I just finished up my MBA at St. Edwards. So I am trying my best to um, market it myself. But I I realize, man, marketers are uh, they are very important people. Um, <laughs> so right now we're we're doing a few things. We're advertising in um, local newspapers and we're going to events and things like that. Um, we also put on. Last year, we started a series of five races. Um, and so we do a 5K, a 10K, an OCR, a 10-miler, and a half marathon. And so that's our biggest fundraiser. And that's the way we sort of engage the community and let them know um, that we we exist. Um, other than that, though, it's, it's mostly word of mouth um, as of right now. But we're starting to get into more marketing. So we recently started a for-profit business, the Unbranded Fitness. And what we do is we um, we, we sort of spy on the competitors and we buy direct from um, their their suppliers and then we sell the exact equipment that they do just without the name. And so that actually funds what we do. And that's another way that people find out about us because 100 percent of those profits go directly towards Outsiders Anonymous. But uh, that organization, that company, is going to have a warehouse next month, and so once we have that, we'll be able to start getting people to come to us, and we'll start being able to market ourselves as the first free gym in Texas, um, free to anybody in recovery, anybody that wants to support that. So once we once we get in a facility, it'll it'll we'll be able to market more uh, more traditionally, I guess you could say.
1: Awesome. And, uh, what was the name of the, the, the company that you, uh,
0: um, yeah, unbranded
1: fitness. fitness, unbranded fitness. Okay. Yeah. And,
0: um, what's the website? Do you have a website for that company? Do. No, it's, uh, the unbranded It is okay. not up and running just yet. <laughs> okay. All right. At least have it. Brand I'll brand new. I'll put it. Um, I'm
1: just making notes to, I'll put it in the show notes. So whenever people are listening to this, if it's, if it's available, they can, they can check it out. I appreciate um, that. Obviously it's all supporting a, an incredible cause. So
0: um, well, it was, I mean, it, it. we, fitness equipment is expensive, you know? And is, so when we yeah. were starting to do this, we wanted, like we learned that people, especially early in recovery, they, people don't have fitness equipment and they don't have mm-hmm. the knowledge, but people really, really, really want to be able to be active and they want to be yeah. a part of it community. And so, you know, finding how to get the equipment on a nonprofit budget just sort of led to one thing to another. Um, and, and here we are. Yeah, awesome. I, have you, and this
1: uh, may, may be a thought, may not be, uh, but are you, you know, plans to expand other other people, other states, you know, helping you organize something like this? Is that? Is that something that you've been thinking about?
0: Um, so there's an organization called the Phoenix. Um, it is, I mean, basically the inspiration for what we do. Their, their, their headquarters are here in Colorado, actually. So one of the reasons we came here is to sort of tour what they're doing and they're doing, um, they've been doing what we are doing since 2006 or nine, I believe. And so we sort of, we took their model and just brought it to Texas. And so I think, Um, we, there are organizations around the nation that are starting to do what we're doing. And so I don't, I don't know if we'll expand anywhere. We're still new. Um, but I, I do think it's important that, um, something like this happens different places so that people can see the benefit of it so that people can see, um, how fitness and how really how Spartan races, how OCRs, Tough Mudders, how all these things can really help them, um, beyond just going to a gym, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I I mean, it's kind of one of those things, I think the more, the more, the better probably with, there's a lot of people in this country, um, in the world, but, you know, and a lot of people that do need help and where something like this would be a great fit. And only so many, companies can reach so many people. So the more, the more out there, it's just more opportunities for uh, people to get uh, access to a really cool program like this. Yeah, I think so. All right. So uh, just to kind of close up a little bit here, anything that uh, I forgot to ask you or talk about um, that you wanted to, to
0: bring up and, and let our listeners know about? Um, I, I don't think so. I really appreciate the opportunity. You know, I, I am, um, I am not a very public person, but what we're doing is really, really important, you know, and um, we go into rehabs and we do these things. And, and it's, of course it's beneficial for people that are struggling, but it's also important that people that aren't be a part of these communities um, to be able to provide support for that. Um, and I think Spartan races. I think what the SGX coaches are doing is just phenomenal. You know, it's it's a lot easier to do something like this than it is to go do CrossFit or to go lift weights because there's a community aspect to it, and I I think that's the most important thing that that SGX coaches and that Spartan can provide. It's it's incredible.
1: Absolutely. And and just to kind of retouch on you know, kind of telling your story, even those that maybe they're not suffering from from addiction or um, it's not directly hitting them. Uh, kind of like you said, you you were able to get through and, and do a lot, even though you, ha- you were battling these demons. And I think that goes for a lot of people where sometimes we just don't know, we don't know people's situations, and they could be our friends and close mm-hmm. to us and family members. Uh, so I just think knowing about programs like these, even if it's not something you personally um, may need, it's there's a good chance somebody in your life is going to be going through something that just being able to help out, even if it's just you working out with them and and showing them about, you know, a a Spartan race or whatever it is, or just letting them know there's programs out there like this.
0: Yeah. I mean, if any of your listeners are struggling in in a way that um, only they understand, I, you're not, I want, I want them to know that they're not alone. Um, I'm sure my contact information will be um, somewhere in the description. Um, I would love for them to reach out to me. Um, I would, I'll I'll train them. I'll talk to them. I'll send them free kettlebells. I, um, the most important thing, um, I think the reason we all do what we do in life is, is to be happy and to be a part of something. And so if somebody out there isn't experiencing either of those, um and you don't know where to turn i mean please reach out to me i would love that um and I, I would love to be a resource for you
1: awesome and we definitely we'll put um uh, your uh websites and and any info you're willing to share um right. i will definitely put in the in the show notes so if anybody wants to reach out they absolutely can um our last thing though before i let you go uh so you have an ultra coming up is is this your first one have you done
0: a few it is well I did uh I I did tough mudders um I did world's toughest mudder virtually last year and so uh, I'm confident I can slog through it but um when I saw the three spartan shields for the terrain and the elevation um uh I got a little got a little anxious uh but it is my first spartan ultra um i am super excited and then the next day my son is doing his first kids race and so oh, it is gonna awesome. be oh it's gonna be such a great weekend it really is That's awesome
1: cool well i'm glad to hear that the kids race is there because uh i haven't seen haven't seen really any of them yet they they keep pushing yeah, I think back it's the first so first one maybe okay um, i think Awesome. Well, well good. So hopefully hopefully you guys both have great races and hopefully it's I not hope too so.
0: hot, hot been, out I'm there. Listening I've been listening to past episodes of uh your podcast for getting tips for those ultras. So all right. I, I hope they help. It's you they know. Do. It's, it's always going to be uncomfortable the buckets until I listened.
1: So, all right. All right. Good. Well, good, good. I'm glad that at least that one thing helped. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing, sharing your story and, and letting our listeners know about, about all of this. Of course,
0: Mike, I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much.
1: All right. Well, that's going to do it for episode 85. I want to give STF coach. Adam, Paul, a big thanks for coming on and really just sharing his awesome program that he's doing and taking the time to chat today. Obviously, from when I was able to release this episode, uh, I've had this interview um, stored for a little while, so I'm finally excited that I'm able to get it out to you guys and, and hopefully you enjoyed that one. Uh, and as always, thanks to our sponsors for this episode: Anchor Training. Check them out at anchortraining.com and Venga CTV Check them out at vengacbd.com slash OCR Underground. And don't forget to use our special coupon code to uh, save big on uh, order there. Uh, if you're looking for your help with your OCR training, you know definitely check out ocrunderground.com. Lots of uh, resources on there and different training programs to help you along the way. But as always, thank you so much for, for tuning in and listening. I hope my rambling helped and uh, we'll be back again soon with another episode but until then keep training smarter